Good afternoon. Welcome to Screen Cleaning. I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. Well, thank you for the dramatic pause, too, Cole. I'm just trying to, we do this every week, trying to shake it up. (laughs) We're here each and every Saturday on BYU Radio, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And uh, if you're listening to us now, that means you know what time it is, or maybe you're streaming it live, or maybe you've downloaded it on the podcast. We're all over the podcast world, too. That's right. So we did a few episodes just recently about Halloween, and today we're trying to kind of purge ourselves. But not in the movie, The Purge way. Right. Of some of those things that, are, you know, are associated with Halloween. And uh, we're going to do that by cleansing the palate a little bit later on in the program. With some feel-good movies or TV. That's right. But first, we are going to look at the very best in entertainment news. And there's not a ton of news, but the the news that we have today, we hope each and every week that the news we bring you puts a smile on your face. And I think this will uh, this week. Don't you think, Cole? We've got some. Yeah. (laughs) This one definitely brought a smile to my face. Do you like Chinese food, Cole? Absolutely. Do you like P.F. Chang's? Yes. Do you like Bill Murray? Absolutely. Well, you know where I'm going with this because apparently Bill Murray is a huge fan of P.F. Chang's and specifically the (laughs) P.F. Chang's in the Atlanta airport. Sure. I didn't even know P.F. Chang's had locations in airports. I recently flew to Houston. I went to the Jack in the Box in that airport for my breakfast that morning. I would recommend it as much as any other Jack in the Box. But yeah. Bill Murray, a little bit more passionate about his air food, he airport loves it. food than he I am. He says it's nice. The people are friendly. The food is good. And he likes it so much that apparently he uh, submitted an application to work there because why not? <laughs> right? And And if you're the manager of the Atlanta airport P.F. Chang's, do you throw that application away or do you call up Mr. Murray? So I say, guess he was – Bill Murray was in an interview and this came up. A job interview or just a – No, <laughs> just a regular interview about you know his career and all that. I think he was being asked about his role in Zombieland, Double Tap. And this, this application to P.F. Chang's came up. And so I think somebody in the higher-ups at P.F. Chang's saw that – or heard that and the very next day tweeted out, you're hired, when can you start? (laughs) So I'm sure nothing will come of this. But I I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Bill Murray to show up randomly at P.F. Chang's and just put on an apron. I know that he's he's done this elsewhere. I think he's served drinks at at establishments before. He likes to show up in really random places, people's bachelor parties. He likes to photobomb couples' engagement photos. Right. You know, because he's kind of just a go-with-the-flow type of a guy and see where it takes me. And apparently it's taking him to P.F. Chang's at the Atlanta airport of all places. It's kind of fun. I've got actually a couple pieces of D.C. news. Oh, really? Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. Ah, it's this week in D.C. news. Jeffrey Wright will be playing Commissioner Gordon in the upcoming The Batman. That was this week in D.C. news. So if this were truly DC news and if if this were going to follow the theme of pretty much every piece of DC news, should we be expecting 
uh, an announcement next week that maybe he's not? Yeah, I didn't write it in pen. I wrote it in pencil just in <laughs> case I have you. to change it next week. But, I mean, Paul great. Dano is still the Riddler after two whole weeks Whoa, of that. News. That is record timing right there. Two weeks? We we make fun of the DC universe, but they are getting a permanent home on the future HBO streaming service, HBO Max. And I do have a lot of actual concrete information about that streaming service because, Jeff, I know you just love the streaming wars. Uh, I do. And by love, I mean hate. (laughs) HBO Max will be yet another offering into it, and it's the one with Warner Brothers and all the DC movies. We got an announcement about when it will be released, how much it will cost, and some specifics of their programming. You ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Hit me with your best shot. So we can expect HBO Max, the streaming service, to come to homes in May of 2020. Which is a little bit after Apple TV and Disney. Yeah, they're late to the party. Mm-hmm. It will cost fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, I was going to say there's no way they're going to be able to match the five dollar price point of Apple TV Plus, or even the seven dollar price point of Disney Plus, or even the thirteen dollar price point of Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and Hulu Plus all put Whew. together. Yeah, this is the priciest streaming service that we've seen officially have a price yet, but it's got that HBO content, and honestly, they're just keeping it consistent with what HBO Go. Is costing people right now. Is that fifteen dollars? Yeah, it's that fifteen dollar range, and they'll yeah. get all that HBO premium content that HBO loves to flaunt around. They're going to have all the Game of Thrones on there, Sopranos, and The Wire, and etc. I think it's a smart move. I, I think if you if you don't have to charge less, then why would you? And you know? speaking of Jeffrey Wright, um, Westworld as right. well, another one of my favorite HBO things, um, and what I know him for. But his now DC connections are going to launch. Because every single Superman and Batman movie will be at launch in May on this platform, including the Joker. Interesting. Okay, because I was just about to ask you why – what is the point of doing that if you're just keeping it at the same price point as HBO Go and – kind of having the same content as HBO Go. Because they will also have more. So we're bringing TBS, TNT, True TV content here, CNN. So all those Turner families okay. are going to have their stuff on HBO Max. All the other WB stuff is coming eventually. They were nonspecific about when the CW is going to get there, all the, the Arrowverse things, um, because they're still kind of locked up in Netflix deals right now. But we sure. imagine that they will make their way over to that service eventually. The old, you know, DC Universe streaming items, also nonspecific about what's coming and going, what's going to get renewed, Titans, Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, all of those shows that kind of existed for a little bit and then were kind of canceled but might be coming back. Anyway, Friends, (laughs) Friends and Sesame Street and South Park, those are the big ones that aren't necessarily any of those actual family products that they've gone out and they've bought and they've brought in to bring people into their streaming service. So I have two questions then. Does that mean that HBO Go is going to go the way of the dodo bird? So just to be clear, I think I misspoke earlier. HBO Now is the one that you can go out and buy even if you don't have HBO in your cable package. HBO Go is the one that comes along with your HBO cable subscription already. As of right now, they're still there. (laughs) Okay. Um, You could still just have HBO Now for $15 and just get HBO stuff. They imagine that it will go away, but that was not part of the announcement. Okay. So then my other question is, you mentioned 
you mentioned several of those shows that are currently on Netflix that will be uh, flying or, you know, going south for the winter or just going elsewhere. Um, uh, migrating. Migrating. There we about. go. <laughs> They're going to be going over to HBO Go, other platforms. So do you think there's going to be a price cut in Netflix? But just like you said, if they can charge that, why would they? Why would they go less? I don't think they can charge that anymore. Is the thing we will see. So Disney and Apple will be the first two pieces to cut into Netflix. If Netflix actually does see a dip here this November, it's November, people. Happy November! <laughs> um, in a couple weeks, when we have these couple new streaming services, if Netflix does see a dip, we might see them bring down their price but there's been no no rumors that's just us talking well because yeah, they can't bank solely on their deal with Seinfeld that that won't even be on the platform and for another couple of years and their originals which we get a new stranger yeah. things every other year I, I, I just ask, get a, I ask a free because trial. my wife and I both agreed that when Disney plus premieres on November 12th we will be canceling our Netflix subscription. And I think I'm on board with you because I've been waiting to get my Hulu and my ESPN as yeah. well with it. Yeah. And now I now we have a year-long Apple TV Plus uh, trial. So we, we don't need you at Netflix, I two guess. Two out of two people surveyed are going to cancel their Netflix in favor of Disney Plus. That's 100%. They're 100% in trouble. <laughs> of their customers are going to cancel their subscription, Cole. You've heard it here first. This is crazy. In what just a, a couple show. weeks, Jeff, let's let's do a little promotion. Okay, we're okay. going to be talking about streaming. We've talked about streaming a lot. We've been looking forward to this November. And when we get the new Disney Plus come out in two weeks, we will sit down and we will do a whole show about the new streaming services, do some reviews of the Apple TV shows that you can see now um, and The Mandalorian and the other products and just what Disney Plus feels and looks like uh, when we both get it. I'm excited Absolutely. for that show. Absolutely. Cole, did you have a happy Halloween? Always. Always. Well, I I think I did too. I didn't get to watch as many scary movies as I wanted to or, you know, eat as much candy as maybe I wanted to. But I saw enough scary movies, I think, that I, I think I, it's time for me to kind of purge my system of some of the lingering images and thoughts that I had surrounding some of those movies that uh, may not have been the best, I guess. It's a spooky holiday. It's creepy. It gets under your skin. Right. And, you know, not to say that I watched anything obscene or anything like that, but there's a point where you don't want to feel depressed. You want to be uplifted. You want to you want to go outside and see the sunshine again, right? And it's November, and you walk out, and I mean, it's cold, and out, the sun's not but there exactly are those shining here. But beautiful fall colors, yeah. And uh, we want to provide you with some of those beautiful fall colors in the form of movies and TV shows that will get you get you back from being down in the dumps getting getting you back to feeling on top of the world again right cole that's right or for the lack a lack of a better phrase something to with which you may cleanse your palate and Too that's much chocolate lingering <laughs> on there let's wash it all down <laughs> and that's all coming up next here on screen cleaning Shock, shock, shock. 
song just makes me feel good. Cold. Because it's in the title. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good song. And we're going to be talking about entertainment, really movies and TV, but uh, entertainment that just gets you feeling good, that gets you back from being down in the dumps, helps you cleanse the palate. And it doesn't always have to be after Halloween, right? This is a very right. timely show here because yeah. a lot of a, a lot of those horrors really got you feeling that way. But even after you watch something very serious or, or just a hard drama on TV, sometimes you just got to turn on something a little lighter before you go to sleep. This conversation will be right in my wife's wheelhouse because <laughs> – the, uh, part of the idea behind this show, this episode, was, you know, we'll watch an episode of Better Call Saul or Fargo, which mm-hmm. Fargo especially, super heavy. It's either violent or it's just really dramatic or depressing. And so my wife routinely will say, all right, now we need to watch an episode of such and such, right? And even though I could mention shows like Arrested Development or Seinfeld. I'm a big fan of Community. Those are all right. funny shows, but they're not necessarily light and right. happy and right. what we're going for here. Right. We're really going for feel good. And you might notice a theme, especially in my list, but maybe even in Cole's list. Why, we're going to start with movies. Now, some honorable mentions I want to give you here are Enchanted. I love this idea of a character who is so optimistic about life and it's just so infectious, so much so that people around her start breaking into song right along with her and they all seem to know the same words. So, How does she know? <laughs> and Patrick Dempsey c- continually saying, I don't know the words to this song. <laughs> um, the Jungle Book, another Disney movie. I've always seen this movie as just – it's just a movie about fun. You can just forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, and go downtown. I just morphed into a song, downtown. But uh, <laughs> The Jungle Book is just all about fun. And I, I also liken that to um, Emperor's New Groove because in a way you can kind of just turn your brain off, just sit back and en- enjoy the good music and the fun times. That middle chunk of The Lion King qualifies as well when they're just Hakuna matata sure. and having no words. Yeah. Moana, I was blown away by Moana, and I thought it had such a powerful message. I absolutely loved it. It's one of my favorite new Disney movies. The Music Man, I've always I've always been in love with The Music Man, and it, I think I've come to the realization that it's my favorite musical. It's just a make-you-feel-great make musical. Now, it deals with a, a con artist who's <laughs> trying to dupe all these poor townspeople out of all their money, but there, it's a story of redemption. The music is fantastic, and it just goes to show you that a a group of a good group of people can rally around somebody and give them a second chance on life. Um, the Princess Bride, I think, is one of the most perfect movies ever made. It has something for everybody, and it's just an all around great movie. I don't need to say much about The Princess Bride because I'm sure everybody listening has seen The Princess Bride, and if you haven't. I'll give you my second chance, just like the good people of uh, River City, Iowa, in The Music Man. There you go. A couple more here. That thing you do is just such a happy, peppy, you're singing and dancing throughout that movie. There's another one that is just like that that came out uh, decades before it. 
And it was actually um, Robert Zemeckis's, I believe it was his first movie. Whoa. Still executive produced by Steven Spielberg. They've had a great relationship from the beginning called I Want to Hold Your Hand. I love the premise for this movie. I love movies. Not one of the Beatles. So when you when you originally told me about this movie, I just assumed it was one of those old Beatles movies. Right. They have a few. Right. It's a Beatles song. Um, Maybe otherwise, maybe it's the plot of yesterday that that just happened before and yesterday Mm -hmm. was a remake. But no, Mm -hmm. this is different. (laughs) Right. And it's one of those movies where you have characters that kind of go their separate ways and you get to see little uh, adventures separately throughout the night. And uh, they're all trying to get to the Ed Sullivan show to see the Beatles perform live. Ah. They all have their different reasons for wanting to go to the show, and you never actually see the Beatles in this movie. There's a very, very good uh, Ed Sullivan impersonator. It's (laughs) worth the watch for sure. So like like a Love Actually where there's all the different vignettes and then they – Right. Okay. Yeah, but you never – they have – Or Valentine's Day. I will say – there is a portrayal of the Beatles in this film, but they very cleverly uh, insert the Beatles without the Beatles themselves appearing in this movie. Gotcha. Very clever. And then, come on. If you need – you don't need to look much further than any one of the Toy Story movies. This movie, more than probably any of these, has a whole cast of characters that you just fall in love with and you are emotionally invested into these movies because – you want to know if they're going to make it out okay. And they're all so loyal to one another. There's no re- There's no way you don't love Toy Story, right, Cole? The, the Toy Story movies are my favorite Pixar's, but my go-to easy watch from the Pixar canon is Up, for mm. sure. It's just so easy to sit down and watch it. And, and once you get past that first five minutes of crying, then it's a good <laughs> feel-good kind of story with yeah. this these two unlikely companions as they go on an adventure. Yeah. So what are your what are some of your go-to other than up? Because we've kind of been doing honorable mentions. If you have any of those, you can mention those. But what are some of your go-to movies for when you just need to feel blue and you need to feel blue or I'm sorry you need to feel good and the you opposite to, of blue you need to feel good right now orange I think is the opposite of blue if, maybe if you look at a movie trailer or a poster they use okay. those two contrasting colors when you need to feel orange yeah. right now what uh-huh. do you like to go to how about Nicole? Kung Fu Panda Really? It is. Interesting. I'm staying. I'm going to start it off with those animated because we talked about a lot of. I mean, Disney really, it seems like they cornered the market on the feel good kind of movie. Yeah. But DreamWorks yeah. has a couple great entries as well. And I remember watching it, it just kind of, it's a take me back kind of thing because the first time I watched Kung Fu Panda at the drive in with my folks, it, my dad and I laughed more at this dang movie than I think we have ever watching a movie together we were just and you're at the drive-in so you don't feel bad about being loud and so we were talking and laughing through the whole thing it's just a hilarious movie and seeing jack black as just this big lovable panda try to learn kung fu it's (laughs) it's just a fantastic and and seeing the little jackie chan references and and having an adventure a pretty solid story to go around it it's just a real easy watch and jack black's humor i think just really lends itself to this kind of a Easy, feel-good watch. I love underdog movies, and this is a pretty good one at that. And I, I think you've actually got another underdog movie on your list, Rocky right? is the ultimate yeah. underdog tale, yeah. and this is one where if if you just watched a movie that brought you down emotionally and you feel like you need to 
fight through it and and tap into the eye of the tiger and gonna fly now and this is this is the movie that can motivate you back up if that was the kind of down that you had just hit yeah this is the one where i listen to the soundtrack whenever i have these really lofty workout goals i don't think i'm alone on this but you know couple of laps around the track listening to gonna fly now and then i i just decide that i'm happy with who i am (laughs) And I very quickly give up. I'm not eating egg yolks or getting up at three in the morning. So Punching meat right. in a locker room. Good for you, Rocky Balboa, for inspiring so many others. It just can't quite get me there. That's but funny. I love the movie. The movie's yeah. great. One of my favorite movies overall uh, is one that I grew up with. And it's one that has a very interesting look at what the afterlife might be like. And so it's interesting. We're we're trying to feel good, and yet we're talking about Nothing a movie. Nothing gets me up like thinking about death. <laughs> yeah. This character dies within the first few minutes of the movie, and he goes to this place called Judgment City. And I'm, of course, talking about Albert Brooks in the movie Defending Your Life, also starring Meryl Streep. So, you know— how how do you picture the afterlife? Is it this resort-like community where you can eat everything that you've ever wanted and not gain any weight? And you can go to all these different attractions and meet the love of your afterlife, which uh. in this case is Meryl Streep. Such a funny, sweet movie. Really, Meryl Streep, her likability factor in general is through the roof, but... In this movie, you will fall in love with Meryl Streep and you'll wish that you're Albert Brooks <laughs> in the afterlife and that you had a shot with Meryl Streep. Just go and watch it. It is so funny, so sweet, entertaining, and it really raises some interesting questions about the afterlife. It's funny you mentioned Albert Brooks because when I think of his brand of neuroticism, I don't yeah. always associate that with feel good. But when I was asking around, one of our good friends of the program here, Rod Gustafson, uh, mentioned that his feel good go to is just any Woody Allen movie. They're, really? They're all kind That's of that bizarre. similar sort of just love story, but neurotic in that endearing kind of way, I guess, for him. One of my other personal friends just goes to Wes Anderson movies, right? There's there's huh. always these certain creators maybe that make you feel a certain way and that you can always watch to bring you back up if you've just gotten a little too serious. My go-to is Tyler Perry movies. Now, he has a couple oh Halloween ones that I am particularly partial to. Boo, Amadea Halloween, okay. two and one. But after, yeah, after Halloween and after just feeling kind of down through the dumps for a little bit, I know that any Tyler, anytime Tyler Perry puts on that dress and gets into <laughs> Medea, I know that I'm just going to be able to be lifted back up because it's just such such a good, wholesome watch. Yeah, and if, you, if you're religious too, you appreciate Tyler Perry movies because usually there's some religious message in in good there. Christian man with a message. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I. If I'm honest, I think the only Tyler Perry movie I've seen is uh, The Diary of a Mad Black Woman, his <laughs> and or, original one. It's a great right? one. These And they're great. Even if you're doing something else, even if you just need it on in the background, they're, they're great watches. I yeah. recommend them. So speaking of holiday, you know, feel good movies, <laughs> it's no surprise that a Christmas movie would creep up on this list. And I, my, one of my go-tos is Elf because I love characters 
that no matter what you say or do to them, you just can't get them down. They're optimistic. They love everybody. And they're so innocent and sweet that it is infectious and you can't help but love them. And that's what Buddy the Elf is. Not only uh, is it so entertaining to see these types of characters, but you can I love seeing the impact that these characters have on the people around them. So just as you as a person watching this movie can't help but love them, the same can be true of the people within the movie because everybody loves to um, everybody loves to change. And I think that's a big theme that you see in Christmas movies is, gosh, I wish I had a second chance at life. And sometimes, That second chance comes in the form of Buddy the Elf, these people that have the talent that I think is one of the most amazing talents that you can have as a person, the ability to to build people up around you and make you feel like a million bucks. They spread Christmas cheer. For all to hear. loud for all to hear. (laughs) Thank you, Cole. It's true. And I got one of those kind of innocent heroes on my list as well. I think – for me, the first movie that came to mind whenever you mentioned this whole topic, it was Harvey, an old black and white movie starring Jimmy Stewart because he, Elwood P. Dowd, is that kind of character where no matter what people say to him or about him, he just keeps on keeping on. For those that aren't familiar with it because it's it's an older movie that I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, it, Elwood P. Dowd is this guy whose best friend is a six-foot-tall white rabbit. Um, in lore, <laughs> it's known as a puka. Um, puka, okay. But his, it's an, he has an imaginary friend. He's a grown man going through life with an imaginary friend, and, and real-world problems are happening around him and to his family and to the people that he interacts with, but he just has such a blissful positive outlook on everything going on that it kind of gives you hope my favorite quote from the movie and something that kind of got me up out of when i was having a hard time in my life it's elwood p dowd speaking it's jimmy stewart years ago my mother used to say to me she'd say in this world elwood you must be she'd always call me elwood in this world elwood you must be oh so smart or oh so pleasant well for years i was smart i recommend pleasant Hmm. You can quote me, and I will, Jimmy Stewart. I will Uh quote you on that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking up this film, and it was nominated for two Academy Awards. uh, Josephine Hull won for Best Supporting Actress, and Jimmy Stewart was also nominated for Best Actor for being this man who has an imaginary friend who just happens to be a six-foot bunny. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I remember seeing that, and it's it's a quirky movie, but, uh, yeah, I love those type of, types of characters. Another movie, I'm going to mention a couple of movies that were two, probably, I think, my number one and number two favorite movies from last year, Cole. I sang their praises last year, and now, since it's been about a year, I think it's about time to sing their praises again. Remind people of them. And only one of them is a Disney movie, okay? And I know there were some naysayers on this film, but uh, I fell in love with this movie from the beginning, and it's just as good every time I watch it. It gets me up and singing and dancing, it does the same for my kids. And it's Mary Poppins Returns. My favorite, the best best thing we can say about this movie is that Jeff and I agree 
that it's a fantastic film. Yes, <laughs> and we don't often agree. And I think you and I were both surprised at how much we not only both loved this movie, but that, yeah, we both agreed on how good this movie was. Even as was. we were watching it in the theater together, sitting next to you, I don't think we've ever come out of a theater to be able to talk about a movie being great the way we did for Mary Poppins Returns. Right. It seems these days there are very few movies for me that have great movie moments. The moments in movies where you just are chomping at the bit to get at the types of scenes or the types of scenes in movies where as a kid I would have hit that fast forward button to get all the way to that scene now as an adult I just oh I can't wait to see a cover is not the book and uh, the balloon scene at the very end of the movie there are just so many great scenes in this movie that are going to put a smile on your face and really, you could do a lot worse than Mary Poppins Returns when you're trying to cleanse the palate. Now, the other one that I mentioned, uh, I think this was maybe my number two from last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I go back and forth between these two movies because they're both that good. This one has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, hundreds of reviews. And you mentioned Wes Anderson earlier. It's not a Wes Anderson movie. But if you watch this movie, you might – and you weren't as familiar with Wes Anderson as Cole and I might be. You might be confused. You might get it confused for a Wes Anderson movie. It's got that whimsy style. Right. It's Paddington 2. Yep. Whimsical is a great word to describe Mary Poppins Returns as well as Paddington 2. Paddington, another one of these characters that is optimistic to the core and does n- – he'll never give up on anybody And his love for others and his optimism is just so infectious that he can even get an entire prison worth of hardened inmates to change the menu, to be happy about the fact that they are stuck with these pink uniforms (laughs) because Paddington accidentally throws a red sock into the white laundry as he's doing the laundry. You just can't be mad at that cute little bear. No. And Hugh Grant, you'll see Hugh Grant in a role that is unmatched by any of his other roles. Even the villain in this movie is lovely. This is, to me, this is Hugh Grant's greatest role and it comes in a kid's movie, Paddington 2, a movie you can't help but love. These Disney and Kid Fair generally lend themselves to this kind of a movie. I briefly mentioned Rocky, but I think sports movies um, can bring you out of that funk or can get you going again. And two of my favorite and two of the most kind of inspirational that I think of are Remember the Titans and Miracle, both based on true stories where real-life people used sports and coming together as a team to overcome whatever it was that was keeping them down at the time. Yeah. Um, One more that I would mention, and this is one that could be construed as kind of a sad movie because it has some heavy subject matter. The very beginning of the movie, you see this husband and wife who are so much in love. They're celebrating either the husband or the wife. I can't remember. And uh, then the wife dies in a car accident Mm -hmm. right off the bat. So it's like, oh, my gosh. And then you go over to this character who is in need of a heart transplant because she's having heart issues. And wouldn't you know it, somewhere in the middle of the movie, you find out uh, that these this woman who needs a heart transplant and this widower, they meet, they fall in love. 
but you find out that she has inherited his dead wife's heart. So it throws some emotion. There's an emotional element in there to be sure. But the cast, this is one of those movies where everyone in the cast is so darn likable that this movie just makes you feel like a million bucks. The name of the movie is Return to Me. It's one of those movies that should have made more money than it did. It's a romantic comedy that is going to make you feel like a million bucks. I would never think that David Duchovny would be in a a movie like (laughs) this where it's like, Wow, David Duchovny is making me feel great. And if if you are in love with David Duchovny, you're even more in love with him. Or if you're yep. in love with uh, Minnie Driver, then you're even more in love with her now. I was in love with Minnie Driver from seeing this movie. This is the movie that made me develop a huge crush on her. And there's a great supporting cast. Carol O'Connor, who is in All in the Family, and Robert Loggia, who is in Big... And David Allen Greer, who is in In Living Color. And you've got Bonnie Hunt, who also directed this film. All right. And you've got uh, uh, Jim Belushi as well. So great cast, great movie. And, yeah, if you, you don't need to look much further than these movies if you need to feel good and you need to do it now. And it's fun because sometimes the plot of these movies takes us on the journey that we're trying to go through, right? If they're inspirational, if they're bringing you up, sometimes it does have to start at a low place right. the way Up does or Because as in Mary Poppins Returns, what you learn at the end of the movie, yep. there's nowhere to go but up. There you have it. Wow. It all comes full circle, Cole. When we return, you know, you may not have time for an hour and a half, two-hour movie, but you may have time for a 30-minute or 45-minute episode of a TV show. So we're going to give you some options for feel-good TV, the palate-cleansing TV episodes to help purge your system of these darker, deeper subject matter. That's all coming up next here on Screen Cleaning. Like that boy with a shiny new toy, and there's nowhere to go but up. Just one day at the fair has me waltzing on air, and there's nowhere to go but up. I love that theme song. And that's another theme that you see show up in these feel-good movies and TV shows is that... Their theme. (laughs) The the theme can pick you up. It can make you feel like a million bucks right off the bat. And I'll mention another one that I love here in just a minute. But uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, if you were to type a list of top 10 feel-good TV themes or greatest... TV themes, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt would come up. And it's they hired those guys who did the uh, Songify This videos. So they would take news clips and they would turn them into songs. You know, just these ridiculous people that are acting kind of bizarre and weird and they would turn them into the songs. Double Rainbow. Right. The... So they they hired, tracked those guys down. They hired them to to write the theme song for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and you get a character from that show from a news clip that's turned into this uh, songify this or it's, I guess it would be auto-tune, right, Cole? Sure. And uh, again, another one of these characters that even though she's been through some really dark things, mm. this is a character 
who was basically brainwashed in a cult and locked in this bunker who gets out one day and is just so optimistic about the rest of her life. And her optimism and joy is contagious and she has an effect on the people around her uh, who – don't really have the best of lives, and so she has an impact, and that's that's good. We want to see more of that, right, Cole? We do. And a couple of the honorable mentions that I would mention for TV are Cheers because, the, I, again, I went to the theme song. Who doesn't want to go to a place where everybody, everybody knows, your, knows name? your name? Right. So another kind of a same similar theme would be Friends. I'm not somebody that has seen every episode of Friends, but I had phases where I was watching it and then not watching it. But if you this, don't get HBO Max, you'll never get the chance. Okay. Or I could just binge it all right now, right? Before it leaves Netflix. Yeah. When is that, by the way? Do you know? 2020. Okay. <laughs> oh, darn. Okay. Well, Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's plenty of time to do it, right? Yeah. Just this idea of, you know, not only is it comforting to Go to this coffee shop and just hang out with your friends. But just this idea of, again, the theme song, I'll be there for you, right? These friends that through thick and thin, they're always going to be there for you. And uh, they've they've always got your back. I love that idea, Cole. And then the other honorable mention is a show that we're actually watching right now. We're not up to date on it. We're in season three. It's currently in season five in production. It's Superstore on NBC. This is a show that is just so funny. The characters are always just so great. And it's basically The Office set in a Walmart-type store. And it's it's so funny because in between scenes, you know, usually you'll have a cold open, which this show does. But then it also has these transitional little sketches as well that are just so fantastic. They usually don't have anything to do with the overall plot. And it's usually you're seeing a customer doing something really bizarre or funny, but also kind of scary because you think that maybe somebody's actually done what this customer is doing. <laughs> so we watched one the other night where this mom is taking her baby and is putting the baby on this food scale to see how heavy the baby is, you know. Or you'll see somebody that is like walking through the aisles, drinking something, and then putting the bottle back in the six-pack and then putting the six-pack back on the shelf. Sure. Just some really funny scenes like that. And so that would be my other honorable mention. I also recommend Superstore because I, I know that it's an easy watch because I accidentally watched the entire first season all in one day. How do you my, accidentally <laughs> watch something? Because Cole? my roommate was watching it okay, and I just okay. walked in and I had other things to do, but I just kind of sat down and I I just I, I kept watching it. I forgot that I had other cares or worries to go because Superstore is that kind of sucky in fun, easy watch. And, and the episodes go by so fast, it seemed like that, oh, I can do one more. Oh, I can do one more. But that does remind me of another show that I accidentally watched the entire first season of, and that's Once Upon a Time. It's oh. just, I describe this show as bubblegum. It is just, <laughs> it's so, it's just so easy to chomp through, and, and you don't realize one episode is linked to another because they give you those kind of lost cliffhangers with all the hev- without all the heavy undertones the Lost always had. It's the same creators, and so it makes sense, and it's not like totally as good of a show, but if I need something to just easily put on and then run through once upon a time definitely did it for me is it a bubble gum that loses its flavor toward the end cole 
Yeah, but you don't notice. I, oh, I, I just okay. when I watched it, I yeah, I, sure it's it's not the best, and the later seasons were actually really really terrible. But especially that first season, it's just <laughs> it's easy to get through. <laughs> well, I when I need to cleanse the palate, I like to go to. My good place, and my good place is NBC on Thursday nights watching The The Good Good Place. Place. And my wife and I love this show so much. We've watched every single episode. I've always said that the first season of The Good Place had the best – what's the word I'm looking for, Cole? Not cliffhanger, but the best twist of any TV series I've ever seen You don't necessarily see it coming, and when it does come, you are floored, and you just think it's genius, and it is. This this show can get really philosophical, but again, this whole cast of characters that you come to love, what I really love about this show, though, Cole, is how many other shows are based on the premise of these characters are trying to improve themselves a little bit each and every day. And there are some pretty terrible characters on this show. Yeah. Meaning that they've done some terrible things. They're not necessarily likable, but they become likable because you realize these are people that are trying to improve themselves. That's what I'm trying to do in my own life. So I can appreciate that and draw some parallels there. Hopefully I, I didn't admit that I'm a terrible person, but uh I, I am trying to, to do better each and every day, and I can appreciate a show that has that message at the core. As we all are. When when I think of cleansing the palate, I did want to try to do something in a different direction. It's not always, for me, light and fluff. Sometimes it's something that can just get my mind off of what I just watched. Sure. Right? If, if you yeah. got into a deep hole or if you – for me, I've watched a lot of just horror movies. And sometimes the best way to get my mind out of that is to get my mind going on something else – I love watching Jeopardy, Jeff. Really? And honestly, nothing huh. cleanses the palate. Nothing just lets you start from scratch and let you forget what you were just doing, like trying to remember what the capital of Kazakhstan is, like, or <laughs> trying to think back and, and just using your brain in a different way. I I mean, Jeopardy doesn't have a plot. It doesn't have anything that you're trying to analyze. It's just you sit down, you watch it, you enjoy the charm of Alex Trebek, and and you try to answer along as you go. I love watching Jeopardy. I probably ought to know the capital of Kazakhstan, but uh, for me, I wish I got more joy out of Jeopardy, but I I just – I don't know too many of the answers, and so (laughs) it it kind of brings me back down, Cole. But uh, the show that – Speaking of themes that just build you up and you feel like a million bucks right from the get-go, you got to throw Parks and Rec in there. This is a show that we discovered after The Office. And we'll tag team this last answer because my last pick (gasps) is The Office. There you go. What I love about Parks and Rec is you have a show – Again, with a bunch of characters that aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And there are some characters who are so anti um, being social, right? A couple, or well, Nick Offerman's character, Ron Swanson, who's one of the great TV characters, <laughs> is so anti social. And then you have somebody like April Ludgate, who is just socially awkward, right? 
Even those characters, you know that they love other people. Maybe a little reluctantly, but all it takes is somebody like a Leslie Nope, who is the star of the show, played by Amy Poehler, and a commanding presence to bring you together. Right, to she brings make you feel like family. All these people together, they're so loyal to one another. That's what I love about the show is that you have this group of coworkers who would do anything for one another. Right. And um, the way I differentiate this show from The Office is that Amy Poehler's Leslie Nope is actually really good at her job. And she wants to make the world a better place. And it's just a feel-good show. The theme song will make you feel like a million bucks. And I could see why you would want to turn to The Office as a show to cleanse a palate too, Cole. See, I, I also – I go to it because I have a familiarity with The Office. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. if, if I want to get whatever I had just watched out of my head, I can turn on just an episode of The Office before right. I go to bed. Yeah. And I'm right there again in Scranton, Pennsylvania and I, I'm with my friends and I'm with – characters that I just I've known for so long and I've seen these episodes so many times that as soon as I start it I know where we're going I know what season we're in I could hit a random episode and it just gets me right back there that is an excellent point and Cole it just hit me as you were talking about The Office and I was talking about Parks and Rec what is Netflix gonna do once they lose these two shows not, I mean, not to mention Friends that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier, not even, you know, not the least of which is Friends, but also NBC. What are they going to do, Cole? What are they going to do? Oh. It means I'm going to have to get the peacock so that I can still cleanse my palate with The Office. Right. Well, there you have it. A whole bunch of TV shows that if you don't have as much time as you might if if you wanted to watch a movie, then you can cleanse your palate with these TV shows and get rid of all those negative or scary images from Halloween. We're going to put one more bow on the Halloween and spooky holiday by talking a little costumes and celebrities when we come back on Screen Cleaning. I didn't realize that everybody here dresses up every year. Me neither. It's Halloween. That is really, really good timing. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. You know, we've talked about cleansing your palate from Halloween or from really dark and heavy TV shows or movies that you may have indulged in. But we don't want to pick too much on Halloween because we had a great time and a lot of people dressed up in some awesome costumes for Around Halloween. Around our office. I mean, I went back. I watched a few of the office Halloween episodes this week also just getting ready mm-hmm. and trying to get some inspiration for what I might dress up as. And then you didn't dress up, And then Cole. I just didn't dress up. Oh. But, it's, but you did, Jeffrey. I did. And I'm not saying that my costume was awesome. In fact, but typically— it was a Award-winning. It was award-winning, and I'll, I'll explain that here in just a second. <laughs> Typically, my costumes, because, you know, life gets in the way, time flies really quickly, and I don't, I don't often put the thought that I should into a costume. What I really wanted to be this Halloween was Tom Hanks from The Burbs, and I wanted to wear – I tried to, tried to get his robe, his sky blue robe with, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the patterned pajama bottoms and then a – a uh, just a casual shirt underneath. I couldn't get that in time, and I didn't want to spend too much money on it anyway. So what I usually end up doing, since I don't want to 
plop down the money for a really cool Halloween costume is I usually will just come up with something that I found in my closet. And luckily, at our office, we have a category in the costume contest for the best Hail Mary. So that was the one that I was going for. And I thought, you know, I have this gigantic, genuine Russian fox fur hat or a shapka. And I have some brown clothes that I could slip (laughs) into. And you know what? I have a belt that I could throw some aluminum foil onto. And uh, so that's what I did. I got dressed up and I, I actually put some medical tape on my nose and colored it black with a permanent marker. And I was low budget Chewbacca. See, I love the ingenuity and the imagination. Anyone can go down to Party City and pick up a costume and for 50 wear it bucks for the or whatever. Day. Yeah, but when you when you kind of patchwork it together and you evoke the look of something, I just I have more fun picking those out. We had one gal here at the costume party who sewed her own Mrs. Frizzle dress. She did. Ms. I Frizzle. saw that. That was amazing. It I was, cannot believe she did not win something for that. She made it from scratch too, and it was fantastic. I just love the kind of wow. imagination that Halloween, you know, gets to people. Oh, she should have. She got should have gotten something. <laughs> wow. Maybe I'll send her an email or something. But uh, it's interesting because, well. I should mention, first of all, that I did end up winning the Best Hail Mary Award here in the costume contest. But it kind of – what I did basically reminds me of what people that are um, that are big fans of Disneyland do. Apparently, there's this thing called Bounden where you have these people, this, this one woman. You can look her up on, I'm sure, YouTube, but Disney did a little video on her where she went every day for a month or two – as a different character. Now, she doesn't try to look exactly like that character. Because that's actually kind of illegal in the Disney parks. <laughs> they have she, their own princesses. Yeah. She goes to thrift stores and will buy hundreds of costumes, uh, just shirts and scarves and mittens and hats and things like that, that like you said, Cole, will evoke those characters, right? They evoke the look and the spirit of that character. Right. Without actually just making up exactly like it. Right, and it's called bounding. So it's kind of a thing that people do. And maybe next time I go to Disneyland, I had to dress up as low-budget Chewbacca. There you go, because <laughs> Chewie is a Disney prince now, of That's course. That's right. One of my other favorite costumes that one of my friends put together, an old roommate's wife. Uh, she is currently pregnant, and she's currently very pregnant. She's mm-hmm. going to give birth, I think, sometime in November is their due date. And wow. we're now in November. She's still dressed up for Halloween, as one of her favorite, a character from one of her favorite movies from last year, Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place, who oh, was also pregnant. No. And so she had just kind of that dress, that a similar looking dress that Emily Blunt had and a cardigan. And she knows a little bit of sign language as well. And so her kind of Facebook video post for Halloween was her signing something and saying that she was from A Quiet Place. And it works because. It also matches her current body shape. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she somehow like had a like a lightweight um, bathtub that she had <laughs> carried around with her. That would not have been exactly. Cool too. So speaking of Emily Blunt, I don't suppose you know what Emily Blunt dressed as this Halloween. I don't, but yes, celebrities really do get into the holiday spirit. Sometimes we mentioned Nick Offerman in Parks and Rec. He was. 
he didn't dress up per se, but he was doing a lot of interacting on social media with a lot of people that were dressing up as him. Oh, he had funny. a lot of things to say and, and very encouraging words for all of these mustachioed, uh, plain-haired, sweater-wearing gentlemen yeah. that went to Halloween parties. Um, a couple of my other just favorite celebrity things, Mario Lopez's kids – Dressed up as the characters from Saved by the Bell. Everyone's been talking about like a Saved by the Bell reboot. And Mario Lopez's Instagram post was, did someone say Saved by the Bell reboot? And it's just his very small children dressed as the characters. Oh, cute. That's awesome. Did they? Did the Mario Lopez character have a really bad mullet? <laughs> he he did have like a tank top that he was wearing all oh the time. Oh my goodness, that's cute. <laughs> I mentioned a lot of Batman stuff earlier on. Mm-hmm. Jensen Eccles, who is a character in CW's Supernatural, went as Batman for Halloween, which prompted a lot of people who want him now cast as the Cape Crusader in possible future Batman television shows on the CW. Um, nothing actually happening of that, but it was a pretty cool costume. And then Ciara uh, Hewlett, a, f- a producer of Top of Mind here at BYU Radio, won the scariest costume when she w- dressed as Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. There's a very good Harley Quinn costume. This year, the Joker is the most common Halloween costume, oh, yeah. the research tells us, and there were a lot of Jokers around, too. It reminds me of an Office episode where right after The Dark Knight came <gasps> out, there were three different fellas that went to the office dressed as the Joker the next day, Dwight and then Kevin and Creed having the scariest. Creed was creepy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And and my all-time favorite Halloween costume of a celebrity this year was Kevin Hart dressing up as his buddy, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know that picture ah. of The Rock where he's got the fanny pack and the black turtleneck and chain? Yeah. Kevin Hart got that get up on to imitate one of his best friends, both being celebrities. You know, speaking of role reversal, the one that I did see online, which was pretty cool, Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil, and Tom Hiddleston – who plays Loki, they switched costumes. So you had Charlie Cox as Loki and you had uh, Tom Hiddleston as Daredevil. And another one in the Marvel Universe that made the rounds was Paul Rudd going trick-or-treating with his daughter dressed up as the Wasp. And Paul Mm. Rudd plays Ant-Man from the hit movie Ant-Man and the Wasp. And Paul Rudd dressed up, of course, as Weird Al Yankovic. Of course. Of course. You're just walking around holding yes. his daughter's hand as the wasp. Now, was this curly-haired Weird Al or is this long-haired Weird Al? Long hair, no mustache Weird Al. Oh, interesting. There's two two distinct uh, eras of Weird Al. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm well familiar with both of them. If you're ever interested, I can tell you just about all you would ever care to know about Weird Al. My favorite live concert I ever went to was Weird <gasps> Al. Cole! Did we hit upon something that we agree on? This is amazing. We both love Weird Al. Wow. I saw him twice at the Orange County Fair. I think back-to-back years. Great, great show. Yep. Well, we don't end any of our shows without looking a little deeper for that extra nugget of goodness, which we do by panning for good. There's good in them dire hills. Speaking of celebrities dressing up for Halloween, this was just another example of a celebrity using their celebrity for good things. Cole, would you ever go to like a haunted house or one of those Universal Studios type deals where the point is to go and be scared? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Well, speaking of this, you have uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who was in one of uh, a film that you enjoyed from this last year, Cole, Us, Jordan Peele's sophomore movie. A horror. About these doppelgangers, right? And so Lupita Nyong'o went to this event at Universal Studios and uh, let me make sure I get the name of it right. It's Halloween Horror Nights. And they just happened to have an Us exhibit. So she first went through the exhibit or the the uh, section of Halloween Horror Nights that dealt with Us. She went through it first herself. And it was fun to watch her jump at all these characters that she played in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So then she turns to the camera and says, now let's scare people. She gets dressed up in her character's outfit, red, and she goes around scaring people. And I I can only imagine how thrilled people were, not only to be terrified because she is terrifying in the movie, and I can imagine she was terrifying here too, but to see, oh my goodness, that's Lupita Nyong'o as red scaring me right now. That would be so surreal. And I love it when celebrities do things like this and we'll go out and they'll they'll fraternize with the common folk, right, Cole? Interactions with fans are beautiful to see. Yeah, and what a great way to wrap up Halloween and to uh, wrap up this show. And now that if you've seen us, you probably definitely want to cleanse your palate. And hopefully we've given you lots of ideas to do that as we wrap up Halloween and as we head into the more happier, brighter, thankful season of Thanksgiving. And followed very shortly by Christmas. Yep. So we are looking forward to cleansing your palates as we talk about things that are of a happier nature here on the show. You can catch our show each and every week on BYU Radio, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can stream us live or download the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is Screen Cleaning. 